This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian Perspective on the News. Good morning to Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Morning, Dr. Hammond. Good morning. You know, Brad, so often you get uh, people asking, you know, how can God allow this, and why do evil things happen, and why does God not prevent these things, and how could God allow this? And the Word of God comes to us in Isaiah 59, verse 1 to 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor is ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. And after any drought or hurricane or flood or catastrophe or fires or crime or violence, or any time of oppression and suffering, mm. you can hear people complaining, why did God allow this to happen? Why did he not intervene? Has God not heard our prayers? And yet the scriptures are so clear. And in Isaiah 59, we have the word of God explained to us very clearly that it's not that God is not able to intervene. He is almighty. It's not that he cannot hear our prayers. He is everywhere present. He is all-knowing. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. The problem is sin. This is true on an individual level. This is true on a family level. It's true on a congregational level, a community level, a national level, and it is true internationally. The problem is sin, Hmm. S-I-N, and the middle letter of sin is I. Selfishness is at the heart of our problem. The heart of the problem is the problem of the human heart. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongue is much of perversity. That's in Isaiah 59. God is a holy God. Human beings are sinful and we are depraved. Total depravity is not merely a doctrine. It's the reality of human existence. And human hands are indeed defiled with blood. So you shall not pollute the land that you are. Bloodshed defiles the land and no atonement can be made for the land on which blood is shed, except by the blood of the one who shed it. That's Numbers 35 verse 33. Whoever kills a man shall surely be put to death. Leviticus 24, verse 17. Whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed for an image of God has God made man. That was given to Noah for all generations to come in Genesis 9, verse 6, immediately after the flood. So those who show contempt for the lives of others forfeit their own life. And any nation that refuses to avenge the murder of innocent life must share the guilt of the murderer. By obeying God's law and punishing guilty murderers with the death penalty, a nation can cleanse itself of the guilt of innocent blood. But in many countries today, including our own, there is a right-to-life clause which is not applied to innocent babies. Mm. It's not applied to the victims of murder, but to the murderers. You're not allowed to execute murderers, not even a judge after the calm environment of the court hearing all sides of the argument cannot impose a death penalty on a serial murderer. Uh, but anyone can choose to take the life of an innocent baby, even without the knowledge of their parents or without the knowledge of the father. Mm. Uh, there is all kinds of murder taking place in our country. And so it's serious that the land is defiled by innocent blood without any serious justice being applied for capital crime. All murder is serious. 
and the taking of murderer's life is akin to the amputation of a diseased limb to save the rest of the body. And the rule of law and respect for life and property is absolutely essential for any civilized country. And in our country, something like 1.8 million babies have been killed by abortion since the 1st of February 1997. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongue has muttered perversity. It is not only the politicians who speak lies, but lies have become pillars of the state. Hearing false witnesses started fear for much of the mainstream media. And so often we see what the Bible warns against. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. That's Isaiah 5, 20 to 22. So what are we seeing? Hearing false witness, lies and deception, rewriting history, twisting truths, rearranging reality, victimizing villains, villainizing the victims, demonizing races, trivializing the main issues, making mountains out of molehills, exaggerating minor issues, promoting disinformation scapegoating, distracting, distorting. Much of this seems to be the primary job description of many who should be communicating news. And what about entertainment? Superficial, sensational, immoral material predominates in the modern entertainment industry. And it's producing an increasingly superficial, selfish, mindless, immoral generation. The arts have been debased and depraved, elevating the disgusting and celebrating ugliness. Their thoughts and the critical hearts are darkened. Those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they may be saved, or may be condemned who did not believe the truth but have taken pleasure in unrighteousness. That's from 2 Thessalonians 2. Your tongue is muttered perversity, not satisfied with a deviant being declared normal. Now you have those who are determined to have the normal declared deviant, not satisfied with toleration of sin, they now demand approval, applause, conformity, and funding for perversity. And so we see disinformation, propaganda, deception, distraction. Why is there so much evil in the world? Well, look around and just notice how vile and violent our society has become. And just look at what passed for art and entertainment and music today. How can a holy God bless a nation or a people or a community in rebellion to him? How can God answer the prayers of people whose hands are defiled with blood, who make lies and falsehood pillars of the state to delight in perversity? No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. So here in Isaiah 59, we see the total depravity of man. God's word is truth, yet men prefer to embrace the lie, evolution, atheism, humanism. You came from nothing, you go nowhere, life is meaningless. They suppress the truth, and the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest, for God has shown it to them. Since the creation of the world, his inevitable attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And so there's so much warning in the scripture that what we sow is what we reap. And beware those who exchange the truth of God for a lie. The web of deceit that is out there brings forth devastation and destruction. And if there's no justice, there's deception and darkness and despair. Mm. But repentance leads to restoration. 
And we should acknowledge that guilt before God. We should admit our wickedness and our deception, as we see laid out in Isaiah 59. It's so important for us that we evaluate everything in life in accordance with the Word of God. God is a holy God. We are sinful. We need God's grace. We need the grace of God. And God, we see in Isaiah 59, initiates salvation. And he will put on the garment of righteousness as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation as as his helmet. He will put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and be clad to zeal as a cloak. And God will come and he will work salvation. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He came as the Lamb the first time, but the next time he was coming as a lion. Mm-hmm. King of kings, Lord of lords, conqueror, the Lord of hosts, commander in chief. And so we need to live our lives in the light of eternity. God will judge his enemies and persecutors will be condemned tradition. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and there is redemption for the repentance. Revival comes through studying the Word of God, and the call really comes to us, who is on the Lord's side? And so, it is our duty at all times to stand up for Jesus, and we must do our duty. It's not any lack on God's part. It's our iniquities that have separated us from our God. It's our duty to humble ourselves and pray, to seek His face, to turn from our wicked ways, mm-hmm. And when we do this, God promises to hear from heaven, to forgive us and, and to heal our land. That's what we need. We need revival, and God demands repentance, humility, prayer, and faithful obedience. That's the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. You'll find this as a podcast on kpulpit.co.za. Thanks for your time, and have a really good and peaceful weekend. Thanks, Dr. Hammond. Thank you, Brad. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.